You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. This is Kate All with Simple Pin Media. You can find me at simplepinmedia.com. And today we're going to be talking about growing your Pinterest account in a small niche. And I'm going to say niche because that's how I always say it, but some of you say niche, and that's totally fine. But we're going to go with niche because that's what I'm comfortable with. And I have with me um, one of my readers and um, I guess listeners, Crystal, and she has a website, itsfundamental.info. And she had emailed me this great email about encouragement of growing a Pinterest account in a very small niche. And so I want to actually go over that email and talk with her today. And she is here. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your site, what you do. And I'm super curious about how you settled on the name and the dot info. So how did that come about? (laughs) Um, Well, It's Fundamental is a book that or a site that is all about children's books. Um, I worked as a pre-K teacher for almost a decade. And one of the questions I would get from parents of kids in my class was, we're going through this situation can you recommend a book? Um, mm-hmm. You know, our our dog died or we're moving or we're having a new baby. Can you recommend a book to help us explain this to our kids? Oh, um, okay. And I loved doing that. And if I didn't know the answer, I loved finding out. And so solving that problem for parents kind of led to the website. Um, and the name It's Fundamental is just a play on the phrase, reading is fundamental, Um which um, is something that I always kind of remembered from my childhood. And the dot .info, I can't really tell you why. And that's what we went with. <laughs> that's great, though. It kind of makes sense. You know, you can read it all together. It's fundamental info. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that plays into Google at all. But that's, I think, the great choice. So then when did you start thinking about well, actually, when did you start the site? What year was that? Um, I started the site while I was still teaching, actually, um, back in 2012. Okay. But it was one of those things. I also had a parenting blog that was kind of my main blogging focus. I was working. I had kids, you know, and sometimes the things things get pushed to the back burner. Um But as life changed, as I left teaching to stay home with my kids and they got a little bit older, um, it really became something that I wanted to focus on, both because I enjoyed it and because I thought that there was potential for it to really do well. Okay. Got it. So then when did you start to use Pinterest? Um, Well, I had started a Pinterest account in 2015, um, separate from my personal account, just for this site. But I didn't really do much with it. If I wrote a new post, I would pin it. But other than that, I didn't really spend a lot of time on Pinterest until in 2016, one of those pins that I had pinned went viral. And um, it took me about a month to even realize that. That's how disconnected from Pinterest I was. And... um, but I had all of a sudden I had 
this big chunk of affiliate income coming in and all this traffic. And I was able to realize that I had this pin that had went viral. And that's when I thought, well, hey, wouldn't it be great if this could happen to more of my posts? Um, and then in December of 2016 is when I really started to get serious about um, spending time on Pinterest consistently. That's when I started using Tailwind. Um, and I really made Pinterest kind of the focus of my social media marketing for the site. And I I have to say, like, I love that you were super real and honest when you emailed me about your numbers. And the reason I say that is because I I think there's an, a growing frustration with people, either infopreneurs or entrepreneurs, kind of selling this idea of big, fast growth overnight. And we forget to celebrate those small things. So you had said to me that your following was around 236 people and now you're up to like 323. Is that kind of where you're at still or is it still continuing to grow? Um, It's still continuing to grow. Um, I am, I would say around 385 right now. Okay. Um, You know, your page weights a little bit. (laughs) Right. And your page views were, um, where were your page views at with that too? Um, page views have, um, fluctuated, um, when I started in December, December of 2016 was really the first month again, where I was really focused on the site and working on it every day and trying to build up my marketing. Um, and my monthly page views have grown from about 600 to a month to this past month. I was, um, at just under 2000. Awesome. So I also love what you put in your email. You said, um, You've absolutely seen growth, but it's been much slower than your friends in different niches like food and design. So how have you, I guess, been able to just celebrate that success without comparing yourself to their niche? Um, It can be hard because, you know, I have friends who told me when I started using Tailwind, I gained 2,000 new followers the first week. Right. And I don't even have $2,000. <laughs> right. Um, but I've just learned through years of blogging that the comparison game just doesn't help anybody. It doesn't mm. help me feel better. It doesn't help my friends. I want to celebrate their successes and celebrate mine. And when I look at it, I, I'm not a great cook. I wouldn't be a good food blogger. I'm oh, not, I wouldn't either. I'm not crafty. I don't have an eye for decorating. If I tried to do what they're doing, I wouldn't be successful because I don't love those things that I'm not good at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something that I can do well. And it's I've just learned that I have to be okay with slower growth in some areas because, like I said in my email to you, I have some benefits that mm-hmm. those people in bigger niches don't have. So, yes, that's a perfect that's a perfect segue too for us because I want to talk about those. And one of the first things you talked about was search. So, tell me a little bit about the benefit in being small and how that benefits you in search. Um, one of the great things for me about search is that um, there aren't a lot of other websites out there that are writing about children's books in the really specific way that I am. There are a few others out there, and they're awesome. They're great sites. Um, But I just don't have the search competition that a food blogger has or a DIY blogger has. 
um, or a craft blogger has because there's just not as much out there. So if, if you're a mom coming to Pinterest or a teacher coming to Pinterest looking for books about George Washington um, and you type that into the search bar, there's a really good chance that my pin is going to come up because there's mm. probably only five or six pins out there that mm. are focusing on that information. That uh, is super smart. And I don't have any scientific data to back this up, but just based on what I hear from from your podcast and from other pinners, I feel like my posts are maybe even getting incorporated into search more quickly. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people say that it takes four to six weeks for their pins to kind of gain traction on Pinterest. And um, I find for a lot of my stuff, it'll be about two weeks between when I pin something and when I start to see regular traffic from it. That is super interesting. And Again, I wonder if it is because... I don't have any data to back that up, but... No, and it's fine. And But see, that's what I love about, about when people work with their own Pinterest accounts. You have this great um, experience for you that what you're seeing. And I love that because I think that does play into that piece of there's just not a lot of competition instead of, you know, let's say if somebody put in something like banana bread, right? I mean, how many banana bread recipes are on Pinterest? Like I, thousands, hundreds of thousands. But yet, like you said, when somebody types in books about George Washington, it's going to be much smaller. And I think that's the same with the Google, right? As there's so much competition for banana bread, but how much competition is there for George Washington books for kids? It's very targeted and it's very, you're, somebody's very specific when they're searching. Right. Um, did you do any other things to maximize search with your board titles, um, pin descriptions? Um, I try to, it's kind of one of those things where I don't want to spend too much time on that because then I almost get like distracted. Um, but I have tried to make sure that every one of my Pinterest boards has the word books in it somewhere. Mm. So instead of just saying animals, the title of the board will be books about animals. Um, just to make sure that that word is over and over again throughout my account. So Pinterest knows that my account is about books. And if people are looking for books, Please show them my pins. <laughs> right. Exactly. Super smart. Okay. So did you in your, I haven't looked at your Pinterest page yet. I just had looked at your site, but in your profile description, did you also add in books there as well? I did. That's one of the things that I have added in since starting to listen to the Simple Pin podcast and and reading your posts, um, making sure that instead of just my username being It's Fundamental, it's It's Fundamental dash children's books, mm-hmm. making sure that's in the description, um, just over and over again to the point that it's almost annoying. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to make sure, again, that that's what my account is associated with. So the people mm-hmm. looking for children's books have the best chance possible of seeing my pins. So let's talk about that benefit. You noted two specific benefits that are happening for you. And one of them was affiliate marketing. So talk a little bit about yeah. that and your strategy behind um, how you're making money. Um, affiliate marketing is my biggest source of income from my site. And, um, and, 
my site is proof positive that you don't have to have huge numbers to make money. One of the best pieces of blogging advice that I got was set out to solve a problem for your readers. Um, Think about what your readers need, and then you be the one to provide it for them. So if someone is searching for something in Pinterest and then coming to my site, they're usually looking for a specific book or a specific type of book. And if I can provide that for them, there's a really good chance that they are going to click on my affiliate link and purchase that book because I've just solved the problem for them that they came to Pinterest for in the first place. And so even with a small site and not huge traffic and not a huge amount of Pinterest followers, I am making between two and $400 a month just from affiliate marketing. That is awesome. And it's, it really, I mean, you think about it, it takes you, what, 30 seconds to pull an affiliate link, exactly. put it into the post, exactly. and then you're done. And once you pin it, it, you know, it's kind of on this autopilot, like, you know, the, right. and that builds on itself over time. So 200 turns into 400, turns into 600, and then it just keeps going. Is most of your affiliate stuff um, through Amazon? It is. um, Just I think because that's easiest for me to manage. And it's easy (laughs) enough for regular users too. I mean, everybody knows how to buy something on Amazon. Exactly. And um, I think that I mean, I know I'm an Amazon person. We have Amazon Prime. And if I need something and I want it quickly, that's my go-to. And I think that a lot of my readers are probably the same way. And um, there are other booksellers that do affiliate links. But I'm trying to kind of get the most benefit for my time. I want to obviously make money, but I also want to be efficient. Mm -hmm. So Amazon is almost exclusively what I focus on for that reason. And do you use any special plugins for Amazon? Or are you just pulling the link, you know, the affiliate link from over there? And that's pretty basic. I just pulled the affiliate link. They have a really neat option now where if I'm logged into my account, I can um, pull up the page for the book that I want to link to, click a little bar at the top of the page. It gives me a short link. And I can just drop it in and go. That is such an easy way to do it. I did Amazon affiliate marketing for a blog for a long time. And that was the easiest way to do it. Super simple. There is also we have another podcast too. Um, I believe it is number seven. And that is also talking about how to use Amazon affiliates to boost your blog income. So if anybody listening wants to get more information, that is a good one to go to because it's um, Cassie, who I interviewed, talks about native ads um, or not native ads. She's, I think it's like that plugin that Amazon uses where you can automatically input it. So if somebody's thinking about adding Amazon links pretty quickly, that's another way to do it as well. But I think if you're going to do a giant post, like a roundup of certain types of books, the way that you're doing it is super easy. Is there any other way that you're maximizing affiliate marketing or is it really just um, through the books? Um, Books has really been my main thing. And um, for me, it's just been kind of a question of sticking with what works. Um, I... My focus is so narrow that, you know, I don't do a lot of kids' crafts because I'm not good at that stuff. Mm -hmm. Me either. (laughs) I don't really create printables because I'm not really good at that. Books are, I I majored in English in college. I love reading. I love books. They're what I'm good at. And so 
that's really where I've tried to keep my focus. I love that. And keeping your focus, I find, helps you in that com- not go down that comparison trap, right? So you're not comparing yourself right. to somebody who's a food blogger or a craft blogger because I am not any of those things either. If I was a craft, like I can't even handle when my kids bust out glitter. Like I start twitching kind of a little bit like, ah, I don't know what to do with this. Um, But keeping your focus, I think in the long run, since you are just really starting to maximize Pinterest there and you're coming up in search, there's a lot of growth potential for you over the next year. And there's a lot of ways you can continue to get creative with, um, I guess being great at suggestions for books. Cause like you said, when you were working as a pre-K teacher, that's the question that people were asking you is where can I find these great books or where are these resources? And that's what you're great at. And I love that you're tapping yeah, into and, it. And I've tried to kind of think, okay, what were those questions? And you know, people know that I have the site. So people in my day to day life will ask me for book recommendations. And I always think, well, if this person's asking me, how many people are wondering the same thing? Mm-hmm. And so I try to run with it. And sometimes the, the, the lists that are the most successful are the ones that surprise me. But, mm. you know, Interesting. I'm hoping just to be a resource and really meet that need, whatever it is. So how often do you post on your blog? Um, well, my goal is to at least do one um, new book list a week. Okay. And that's kind of what most of my site is, is lists around a theme. So 10 books about Abraham Lincoln, nine books about Passover, you know, Mm -hmm. just um, a lot of seasonal stuff, but also a lot of evergreen stuff too. Um, I'm currently 38 weeks pregnant. So So you're going to take a pause. Content creation has been, has slowed just because we're kind of in survival mode here as we get through the last couple weeks. Um, but that's been another great thing about Pinterest is that um, I use Tailwind to schedule pins so I can still actively pin easily and I still have a nice consistent traffic source even when I haven't had the time or the energy right. to create new content. Which is the season you're about to go into for the next six to eight right. weeks of <laughs> push <Right>. pause. <laughs> Um, one thing I love too that you shared in your email as well is another benefit you're getting is your email list is growing. So talk a little bit about yes. that and how you've set up a good system for that. Um, well, when I first started the site, I didn't even have an email list. I wasn't really even interested in creating one. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I understand <laughs> because, that. Because I'm not really an email reader. There are a couple of newsletters that I subscribe to and read pretty faithfully. But overall, I'm just not an an email kind of person. The less emails in my inbox, the better. Um, But I had to, I had a very good friend who is a a blogger in another niche tell me, you know, not all of your readers think like you. Good point. (laughs) And you need to, you need to at least have the option there. Just try it out. If it doesn't work or if creating an email newsletter is just too much for you, you don't have to keep doing Mm it. Um, so I gave it a try. And again, I listened to and read a lot of your info about making the most of that from your Pinterest traffic. Um, and what I found was when I put that little box on my site to sign up for my email list is that people started signing up. So cool. Which amazed me. Um, and I have a small list. My list is under a hundred subscribers, but 
over half of the people that subscribe to my newsletter are opening it every that week. That is awesome. And probably about a quarter of them are clicking links, which yeah, that's is great. great. And I think, again, it's just a benefit of being so focused. The people that are coming to my site are people who are looking for books to read to their kids. And the posts that they clicked on in Pinterest hopefully provided value to them. And so they're interested in hearing more. And so mm-hmm. I will take my small list um, <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's a faithful list and it, it um, it's doing well for me. You know, I once heard somebody, well, I heard two people say this. One was remember that even if you have five people on your list or 20 people on your list, that's 20 people that you didn't have before. And think about it. If you had 20 people in your living room who are listening to you talk about books you, that would be a party, right? We'd be like, my living room is right. packed. We can't fit any more people. And so thinking of each one of these readers and subscribers to your list as somebody you're talking to or somebody that re- they want your information. If they didn't want your information, they wouldn't have signed up. And so exactly. give them value over and over and talk to them as if they're the only people in the room instead of always wanting more. And I think that's kind of the trap that we get into is we think, okay, I have a hundred, but man, I really wish I had 500 or I really wish I had a a thousand. And then we're forever chasing that 500 or a thousand instead of standing in front of the 100 that have said yes. And that's when you get that big payoff is continuing to speak to the people who have said, I want to listen. And so that's why you're seeing that payoff with affiliate marketing. And that's why you're seeing those open rates is because you're not chasing after the ones that aren't following. Right. And I really, I think of my list as kind of my people, like when I'm trying to come up with new ideas or new lists, the first thing I do is I'll put something in, in my newsletter what do you want to see on the site? What book questions do you have? Um, or if I include a post in my email newsletter and I see that a lot of people are clicking through to that post, then I know that that's a post that, hey, I want to make sure I really get this out on social media. Maybe this is something I want to promote as a pin on Pinterest mm-hmm. because you know my people, the people that are into what I do, seem to really like it. Yeah, I love that because... I feel the same way. Like I love my email. It's one of the things that on Tuesday, I usually write it on Tuesday um, because it goes out Wednesday morning. And as I sit down, it's such a good time to reconnect with what I'm doing and where I'm focusing and asking great questions. And then I get great emails from people like you and I get to hear about your success and I get to be excited about that instead of just writing an email because that's what everybody tells me I need to do. But right. yeah, you're actually <laughs> using it the way it's supposed to be used. I almost wish I wish that you didn't see the number sometimes. Right. Because that's so distracting. Yeah. Numbers are great and awful at the same time. <laughs> they really are. I do like the number of the monetary piece. I like to see yes. that go up. So if we could just see that, that would be great. Um, so what, you know, you're just starting out, you know, you're four months in or so to this, to really actively using Pinterest to grow, you know, your account or grow your site. So since you are so new, um, think somebody, what would you tell somebody who's kind of in your same boat? Like they today, you know, they've had a site, they haven't been using Pinterest, but maybe like in May, 
they're really thinking of really utilizing it? Maybe what are one or two things you would tell them? Um, I would say, first of all, just have realistic expectations. Um, don't look for a number. Just look for growth. Look for more of what you had before you started mm-hmm. rather than I want a thousand new followers by the end of the year or I want, you know, 10,000 page views from Pinterest by the end of the year, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, because so much of Pinterest, so much of all of what we do in blogging is out of our control. Yeah. Um, so much of it is about algorithms and you know, having your post seen in the right place in the right time and luck and mm-hmm. <laughs> you can you can just drive yourself crazy. So I would focus on growth more than a specific number. Mm-hmm. Um and then just consistency. Um it's real easy to pin for a month, not see the numbers you want, and think this is not worth my time. Um, but just give it six months. Give it a year. You are always saying, and it's so true, that Pinterest is a slow burn. It's a slow process. Mm. Um, and so just give it time before you give up on it. Yes. Um I Like I told you, I'm in kind of a slow period right now with creating new content just because of life, and I'm going to be there for a while. But I'm still scheduling pins every day because I want that consistency in my account. So maybe it's not that ratio of 50% of my content or mm-hmm. and 50% of other people's content. Um, maybe it's a lot more of other people's content right now. Um, but just still consistently working at it a little bit every day mm-hmm. um, as much as you can. Such good reminders. I love that, Crystal. And I thank you so much for emailing me to share your story and just this encouragement because I think there's more people than we know that are in your same position that they're constantly bombarded with this idea of big growth and they're discouraged. So I'm really hoping what you've shared today is encouraging to them and they can loop back around and stay focused. Like you said, the two things that you just shared stay focused exactly on where they're going and how they can serve their core audience. And that as a result, growth will happen for them and that they'll celebrate that. They won't be so caught up in, you know, uh, it didn't work or it didn't work like, you know, for somebody else, which I am the chief person that struggles with that all the time. Right. Um, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> but I love, I just love the encouragement and the fact that you reached out to me and just shared these thoughts. So I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, because you know, simple pin and the podcast are really what helped me feel like maybe I could do this because your tips, um, they're not niche specific. And one of the things that I would get down about is I felt like, well, if all these big popular topic areas aren't what I'm good at. I can't be successful in blogging. Uh, and that's not true. And um, it's not true in Pinterest. And I don't think it's true in blogging in general. It's just um, a question of being willing to do the work and having realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody out there, if you're not a food blogger, if you're not a interior design blogger or whatever it is, fashion blogger, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> you can still make Pinterest work mm-hmm. for you. You just have to maybe do a little more working to figure out how. And the internet is a really big place. There's yes. lots of room for everybody. 
It's not, yes. we think of it as super small, but man, there's so many places we haven't even uncovered that are out there that people are talking about that are super powerful. So I definitely agree. Well, thanks again, Crystal. I really, really appreciate you coming on and good luck with baby. And I hope the transition goes great. Thanks so much, Kate. I hope this podcast was refreshing for you. It was definitely refreshing for me to hear somebody be excited about their numbers, even though they look small by the online world standards. For all the information and show notes and links to Crystal's amazing blog, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 48. And I would also love if you would stop for a moment and leave a review in iTunes. I know that I don't ask that very often, but I would love if you would leave a review and then maybe even share the podcast with some friends. I would love more people to hear realistic stories about growth and expectations on Pinterest. Pinterest.